welcome to Hope City Online. You're about to hear a message that's part of our series here at Hope City. Check it out and consider joining us in person on Sundays. Our vision for you is that you would have a thriving relationship with Jesus, that you would know Him, you would find community and discover your purpose as you prioritize your relationship with God. So get in touch with us at hopecity.my slash hello for more details and subscribe to our Hope City KL YouTube and podcast channels so you don't miss out any of our future content. Enjoy this message from our lead pastor, Joe Burden. Well, hey everyone, welcome to this online stream today. My name is Joel and I'm the pastor here. And it's so good to have you part of this moment where I'm gonna be sharing the word of God with you. Hey, if you haven't already been down to church, please get yourself down here and experience what it's like to be in the room with people worshiping and having awesome community time in the presence of God. Uh, We'd love to meet you. If you're looking for a church, if you're disconnected, if you've moved to the area, we would love to welcome you to our congregation here. So come down and meet us sometime time every single Sunday 11 a.m. in PJ we would love to have you here and just to give you some context where we're going I'm recording this for the first week of October 2023 and in a couple of weeks time some really big news is happening in the history of our church it's happening on the 5th of November is Vision Sunday so six weeks time we're going to be announcing some great things for the future and we just love every person to be a part of it so if you're looking for a good opportunity to come down to church this would be the time to do it and if you're away from church this weekend come and join in on the 5th of November too. I'm going to talk to you today about the kingdom of God and we're going to be doing this for the next nine weeks speaking about God's coming kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? Well it's just it's the realm that God is king over. It's the place where God is enthroned as king. The reign of God for the people of God in the place of God and a good way to think about God's kingdom is simply this like Every kingdom is a reflection of the king who rules over it. So Malaysia is a reflection of its rulers. And in the Lion King, the Pride Lands are a reflection of Simba as he rules over them. When the king is in control and the king is good and holy, the kingdom works well. And that's why God's kingdom is so wonderful is because at the top of the kingdom, we have God as king. And the Bible says about God's kingdom that it's a place of righteousness and peace and joy. Maybe you're looking to be part of something where life is good, where things are put right, where justice is served, where there is truth and honor and condemnation and shame are swallowed up for delight and acceptance. That is the kingdom of God that we can be part of. And you have a choice about whose kingdom you can live in. Are you going to live in God's kingdom? Are you going to live under your own, under the kingdom of the world? And this series is all about how to live in the kingdom of God. Let's start today in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. We're going to be looking through this book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, over the next nine weeks. It says this about Jesus bringing his kingdom. He says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down and his disciples came to him. And he began to teach them. And this is the teaching about the kingdom of heaven. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now we're going to unpack this together, but a quick question for you. How many of you are good at waking up early in the morning? We got any people who like 8 a.m., maybe a little bit earlier, 7.30 a.m., 7 a.m.? Maybe even a couple of people who are like the 6 a.m. crew. Is that one of you? Maybe if you've got young children. I'm saying this because every day I have to get up at 6 a.m. in a young family and I get to see this time which most people never experience. It's kind of night breaking into day. It's called dawn. And right now, dawn happens in Malaysia at about 6.55 a.m. in the morning. Dawn's a, a beautiful time of day because as the night is still dark, the, the clouds just slowly start to glimmer with light. You can tell that the day is just appearing. And if you're outside at this time of night, you can hear some wonderful things happen. All the birds start to wake up. Tweet, 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 tweet. The birds start chirping. The traffic increases as people make their way to work. And if you look up into the sky, the edges of the clouds begin to kind of catch the rising sun. Now, what's interesting about this time of day is it's still night. It's very much still dark. It's still cold. But it's also quite clearly the night is over and the day is appearing. You're in this in the space called dawn. It is both night and day. And you have both of them at the same time. And this is a really great picture of God's kingdom. Because you see, God's kingdom is, is here, but it's also kind of not yet here. We're in this strange in-between moment where we look around and it's still night. If you look around the world today, you'll see all sorts of evidences of darkness. It is night. It is broken. There's oppression. There's obvious effects of sin all around us. Things are unfair. People get sick. Loved ones die. There's pain and torment. And you could be tempted to say God's kingdom is clearly not here. But at the same time as a Christian, you've also seen evidence or glimpses that everything's changing. If you've been to worship services recently or you've seen God's miracle hand in your life, you can see healing. You can see moments where God's kingdom is breaking through. Things are changing, signs and wonders. There's a taste of God's coming kingdom who's coming to put everything right. Just a few verses before what we just read in Matthew, Jesus says, repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And if something's at hand, it means it's right here. You can reach out and you can touch it. And that's Jesus saying that God's kingdom is arriving with me, with me bursting onto the scene, with Jesus coming to the earth. Things are never going to be the same again. The kingdom that God was establishing in the garden with Adam and Eve that was lost through sin is now coming back with Jesus. It is like dawn breaking in on the darkness of light. This is Jesus coming to proclaim freedom for the captives, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring recovery of sight to the blind. When Jesus came, the light came. And now it's never, ever, ever going to be night again. It's still dark. <coughs> it's still dark. But now Jesus has come. The days of darkness are numbered. 
The night is over and the world is waking up to Jesus, the light of the world, breaking through with his glorious kingdom. See, that's where we are right now in the history of the world. We're at 6.50 a.m. in the morning. God's power is breaking through and God's healing is coming. There's good news. There's only one way that history is going is towards the brightness of Jesus' reign. One day it's promised that King Jesus will come back again and that you will see the brightness and the fullness of his kingdom reign. Paul says about it in Romans 3, he says, the night is nearly over and the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and clothe ourselves in the armor of light. In other words, get up, you, you late sleeper, get out of bed, put your clothes on, get dressed. You better live as if you're in the light because God's kingdom is at hand. Now, if we say, what is it like then to live in this kingdom? That's kind of how Jesus is expressing this in Matthew 5, his famous Sermon on the Mount. He gathers his disciples together and he starts to teach them about what it's like to get dressed for the kingdom of this light, to get dressed because dawn is here. And what you're gonna see here is that Jesus' kingdom is radically different from the kingdom of the world. You know, Tim Keller noticed that there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of the world and there's the kingdom of Jesus. You have a choice which one you'll live in. And he calls the kingdom of the world the right side up kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus, the upside down kingdom. And it's not that the kingdom of the world is right. It's just, it seems like the right way up to the people of the world. Listen how Jesus describes it in Luke 24. He's talking to the people about the kingdom they live in right now, the one he's come to oppose. He says, but woe to you who are rich, if you've already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that's how their fathers treated the false prophets. Jesus is saying there's four things that characterize the kingdom of this world. It's power, comfort, success, and recognition. You hear them just then, power, woe to you who are rich. Power really comes from riches. Woe to you who are well-fed. Comfort, well-fed, you know, it's the comforts of life. It's the nice stuff that we love. It's the great restaurants and the beautiful home and the nice lifestyle, it's comfort. Woe to you, those who laugh. He's talking about success here, that you, you laugh, you gloat when things go well. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. He's talking about recognition. These four things are the things that the world values, power, comfort, success, and recognition. And you don't have to look far around you to see that this is what everyone's chasing. We call it the right way up because it seems right to us. Here's what I mean. If all that we're living for is the here and now, then you better live for power, comfort, success, and recognition because those things really pay off in 2023. If all that you are living for is right here, right now, you'd be crazy not to value these things. For the majority of people, all we are living for is the here and now. The future's uncertain. We don't know what's gonna happen. And so we almost have these glasses on that is just about get through life and be as comfortable as possible. But the problem is, the truth of the Bible says, here and now is not all there is. You and I have been created for eternal existence. We will outlive this world. The desire for immorality is in all of us because we were created by God to live forever. And that's why Jesus is saying this word, woe. This word woe is like, it's, it's a deep grieving to try and describe pain, that someone is doing something that is just so 
crazily stupid. Woe, woe to you. Can you not understand how silly this is? It's a heaviness. Jesus is saying, ah, I wish you could see. He's trying to get the crowd to wake up. He's saying all around you, this world is temporary. It's not going to last. The night is passing away. We're already at dawn. Don't you know that everything that you are investing in is going to slip out of your hands? You're being driven by power and success and recognition because it feels good right now, but it's not going to be around for much longer. Jesus' warning is not harsh. It's just common sense. Why on earth would you invest everything in something that is fading? It's like selling everything you have and buying an island in the ocean that you already know is sinking or or buying an apartment block that you know has got crumbling foundations. It's not going to last. And Jesus is trying to say woe to you because all these things that you're craving now are going to crumble. You can build your life on beauty, but beauty is going to fade. You can build your life on getting people to love you, but those people will die. You can build your life on achievement and recognition, but someone one day is going to beat your record and you'll be forgotten. And the danger in living for here and now is that you'll lose out on there and then. It's crazy to spend all of your treasure and time and talents and riches to amass something that you know that the rust is going to destroy and the moth is going to eat. It's a bad investment and you'll lose out on what's to come. Here's the truth. I want you to remember this. Whatever you choose to prioritize here and now will have eternal consequences there and then. And Jesus is trying to say, wake up because the night's over. The dawn is here. There's only one way history is going and it's towards the full reign of King Jesus. The curtain is closing on the kingdom of this world. The shutters are coming down on living for yourself and your good and building your own kingdom. No, the king has come to restore his kingdom. And the day is approaching that you need to start living for the light. You need to wake up, you need to get dressed. You need to get ready to lay down your kingdom and seek the the good of your father's kingdom. No, all of those other things pushing your way to the top and living for your own success and your own good, that stuff is over. That stuff belongs to the dark. Jesus' new kingdom has come and it's coming quickly. And with that kingdom is going to come all of the wholeness and all of the healing and all of the comfort that you will ever need. So let's talk for a second about Jesus' coming kingdom. The kingdom that we're calling the upside down kingdom. Why upside down? Because it is directly opposing the way that the world lives. Listen to those words again. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I mean, start there for a second. Jesus is not talking literally about poor people, although they may be included. He's saying blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are so empty of being able to find salvation on their own, that they're craving, they're desperately needing a God to provide them with richness. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Actually, every Christian should be a poor in spirit person. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot do life on our own. We are desperately in need of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Can you hear how it's the other way around from how the world is? Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted because of righteousness. See, here's what's interesting about Jesus' kingdom is Jesus' kingdom doesn't prize 
power, comfort, success, and recognition. In fact, it prizes the opposite. It's upside down. It prizes weakness, discomfort, sacrifice, and grief. And it doesn't mean that God's kingdom seeks those things. We're not looking for persecution. We're not going around chasing grief. You know, I tell you what I need on a Monday is a bit more grief. No, that's not what he's saying. It's just seeking is, is, is different from prizing. We don't seek difficulty, but we prize it when it comes. Why? Because we see value in it. Because temporary discomfort for long-term comfort is a great trade. We're just not focused right on here and now. We're focused on there and then. We've become long-sighted because we know that we're part of an eternal kingdom that will never perish, spoil, and fade. We can see how God is using all the difficulties and the challenges of this life that we've laid down for ourselves. We can see how God is using it all because we are called to something eternal. Here's how it works for you and me. People who live under God's kingdom are no longer controlled by those things that the world considered as essential. Power, comfort, recognition, they're nice to have, but you don't need them for your satisfaction and your happiness. Because in Jesus, you've already received a deep satisfaction that depends way beyond your circumstances. You don't need comfortable situation to be blessed. You don't need everybody to like you to be blessed. No, your name is written engraved on the Father's hand. You have the comfort of knowing you're part of an eternal kingdom. So why Jesus uses this word again, he says, blessed, blessed are you when, blessed are you when, to describe all of these impossibly awful situations. Blessed just means deeply satisfied, that you can have comfort that you belong to another kingdom. You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven while you're on the earth today. You're in two places at once. You're walking through pain, yet seated in heavenly places. You're walking through trials, yet you're part of the kingdom of the world, kingdom of God in heaven. The world around you has to have these things to be comfortable, but you're free to lay them down. You as a Christian, you can take them or leave them. In Christ, you found a full, free life. Laying these things down actually is the greatest evidence of whether you've truly embraced the reality of the kingdom of God. Okay, here's a question for you to consider. How much do you today, how much do you need power, comfort, success, or recognition to live a happy life? Are you craving those things today? Ask yourself this. Are any of those things controlling your decisions today? Or have you managed to find satisfaction in Jesus so much so that you can lay them down? See, that is the greatest evidence that you fully embraced living inside God's kingdom. See, when you know that the kingdom of this world is passing away and that the kingdom of God is going to be around forever, it makes total sense to invest everything that you have, your resource, your time, your treasure into an eternal kingdom that will never perish, spoil or fade. You've received a blessing of the citizenship of God's kingdom that cannot be taken away from you. Listen to Jesus' words again. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. That doesn't mean great will be your reward when you die. It means right now on the earth today as you're in that two places at once kind of existence, great is your reward right now in heaven all around you. 
the heavenly realm that is here, you can draw strength from that because you're living in an upside down kingdom. You're, you're connected to a supply that is way beyond yourself. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward. Now, just as we come to close, some of you might say, how am I ever going to do this? Like, there's no choice I'll ever be able to choose grief over comfort. You ask me to choose to be persecuted or have a great reputation. I know what I'm choosing. This stuff's difficult to think that I can live in an upside down way that's in direct opposition to everything that the world is telling me to do. Where can I, where can I ever get the power to make that kind of choice? Well, the answer is simple. Your power is found in Jesus. Because the king of your kingdom is not just a distant king on the throne, but he's ever present with each one of his citizens, strengthening them to live just like him. Think of, it, think of it like this. Jesus didn't just come to reverse values or teach values. He came to reverse fortunes. If he just came to teach you about values and give you some good insights, that would make him a great teacher. He didn't just come to tell you how to live. He came to live on your behalf. The reason he can say, though you're weeping now, you'll be comforted, is because he took the weeping you deserved and he died in the dark. So you would never have to be without the comfort of God's presence. The, the way Jesus could say, though you're meek now, one day you're gonna inherit the earth. How could he say that? How could he possibly promise that? It's because he himself was stripped of all of his riches so that by his poverty, you could become rich. So we don't just live according to the teaching of Jesus or the example of Jesus. We live because of the very life of Jesus. You are alive in Christ. He's not calling you to a, a theory. Christianity is not just nice values. Christianity is strength and power to be experienced. That's the kingdom of heaven. You are being empowered by the king as his citizen. You are being brought to life by his own power so he can live his life through you. Now, here's the implication for you. I just want you to consider this as we close. Because Jesus reversed fortunes with you, you can now go and reverse fortunes with everyone else. You can live a life that is utterly self-giving. And I want to call our church to this in this season. See, the kingdom of heaven is upside down, but our lives should also be upside down. And when the world is telling us to crave comfort and riches, we can lay it down for the sake of other people being rich. We can, we can lay down our own comfort and step into discomfort for the sake of other people being lifted up. We can let go of our own riches and step into difficulty so that other people can be made rich. Why? Because if the king did it, so should the kingdom. We're living for something far bigger and far greater than ourselves. In this kingdom, you have a new code. You don't keep your comfort, you give it away. You don't keep all of your money, you give it away. You don't keep all of your time to yourself, you give it away. A life that is utterly self-giving. Let me ask you this question. If Jesus was in your shoes today with your time, your treasure, your talent, your bank account, what would he do with everything that you had? How would he choose to spend it? I don't know exactly what he would do, but I bet I know a universal answer. I bet that the life would be far more generous and self-giving for all of us, me included. That should encourage us as God's people to live recklessly for other people, not irresponsibly, but recklessly. Live with this deep desire to pour our lives out for the world around us. If Jesus did it for us, 
we're going to do it for the rest of the world. It's His kingdom, not my own that I'm living for. I'm not living for here and now. I'm living for there and then, seeking first the kingdom of God. And He promises that if we do that, everything else will be added to us. Rejoice, He says, and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Jesus, we want your kingdom to come, Lord God, more than anything. We want the righteousness, peace, and joy of your kingdom to be seen in our lives and in the world around us. Above all of the brokenness and the competitive streak and the, the, all the places of injustice in the world around us. God, we want your kingdom to come. God, we know that only comes as you heal us and you turn our lives upside down. I pray too, we would turn the values of this world, the values of our life upside down. Rather than being all around getting, we'd be given about giving. Rather than being about receiving, we'd be about giving away. Rather than trying to push our way to the top, we would be humbly putting ourselves down to serve. God, we pray your kingdom would come in this time and your will would be done through our lives in this time. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you guys for watching and being part of this. Please join us next week as we're going to talk about the inside out kingdom. And I'd love to again join, ask you to come and join us at our church gatherings real soon. God bless you guys and can't wait to see you. Hey, if you've enjoyed this message, check out for more on our Hope City KL YouTube and podcast channels. For those who want to know more about Jesus, find a Christian community to be part of. Or if you're exploring the faith, why don't you join us this coming Sunday for our 11 a.m. service? We are a growing, vibrant church in the heart of Jaya in Malaysia and we have interactive kids program for 2 to 12. We have facilities for parents with under 2 and we've got freshly brewed coffee or tea available for 30 minutes before each service. We're so confident that you're going to leave feeling encouraged. To find out more on our website, hopecity.my or follow us on Instagram or Facebook right now. We can't wait to host you.